you know, it was 2,000 years ago that Jesus talk, first talked about uh, the Holy Spirit, and it was this week that he did it, the week that he was betrayed and he was crucified. And, and he told the, the disciples that he was going to leave, but he wasn't going to leave them alone. And then he, then he made a promise that he was going to send the, uh, the, the comforter, the, the helper. And we're going to really focus on that one word today. Just we're going to focus on one word all day. And, uh, and here's, the, here's the word, okay? It's the title that Jesus gave the Holy Spirit. And he says this, I've told you these things while I am with you, but the helper will teach you everything and will cause you to remember all that I told you. The helper is the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name. John 15, I will send you the helper from the Father. He is the spirit of truth who comes from the Father. When he comes, he will tell you about me. John 16, now I'm going back to the one who sent me, but none of you ask, where are you going? Your heart is filled with sadness because I have told you these things. But I tell you the truth, it is better that for you that I go away. When I go away, I will send the helper to you. If I do not go, the helper will not come. And he uses the word helper two more times in the next three, three verses as, as well. And that word there that, that uh, uh, the New Living Translation or the, sorry, New Century Translation does helper, it's a word parakletos in, in Greek. And para means this, para means alongside and kletos means to come. So it literally means to come alongside. That's the word that Jesus said. That's the title he gave to the Holy Spirit. The one comes, who comes alongside. And there's different translations translated different ways, each beautifully. And there's one that translates it counselor. There's another that translates it advocate. There's another that translates it comforter. But it's really, it's kind of like looking at a diamond with, uh, with different light hitting it. You see it different facets. And we're going to take a look at each one of those translations and say how, the difference it makes in our life. Because here it is. If we understand this one word, if we understand who, uh, even just this one part of what the Holy Spirit has come to bring us, it will change our life forever. So let's take a look at that. The, uh, the first one is the is comforter. But you know, one thing uh, I love about about uh, ladies, you ladies, is you bring beauty to this world. You really do. And not just your physical beauty, not just your inner beauty, but, uh, but also you have a way of making every place just more beautiful. You make a house more beautiful. You make an office more beautiful. Whatever you do, wherever you go. And, and I want to be talking to, to some of the guys here in a way that you can relate. Uh, maybe you can relate to, to, to what I've gone through in this. And my, uh, I grew up in a house with all guys. My, my mom was all alone. Uh, the only, the only, uh, lily among thorns, we'll call it that way. And so she did things that we could not understand as guys. Okay, we had a room in our house that if you came to our house, you could use that room, but we couldn't use the room, right? And if we had, and we had towels in our house that if you came to us, you could use, but I couldn't use, okay? Are you tracking with me? And then there's, there's also soap that you could have used, but we couldn't use. And here's the thing we couldn't understand. It was always, it was the best room in the house. It was the best towels we had in the house. It was the best soap. And I remember one time when I was first, when I was first married and we were, went to a, a, some, somebody's house. We were the guests of some friends that were in another state. And it was freezing outside. It was just so freezing. We went in the, the guest bed that they had for us. And, and there was this beautiful, beautiful comforter on the bed. Just this beautiful comforter. And I couldn't wait to get inside that because it was just so cold outside. And I remember going in the, in the bathroom and I came back and I, I, I mentioned how just beautiful, how wonderful the soap smelled. And, and, and she said, she said, which soap did you use? I said, the good smelling soap right next to the sink. She goes, that's not for, for using, that's just for, for show. And I said, 
then why did they put it right next to the sink, right? Why did they not put a sign? Okay, for all you doofuses who don't know this thing, I'm putting this here just to taunt you, right? And so, and then I go in and I look and I'm, I'm horrified because somebody has stolen the comforter, right? And ladies, you know, you're tracking with me and you know exactly what happened, right? But the guys are going, why would somebody steal a comforter, right? And, but the, and I'm, I come in and say, where's the comforter? And they say, that's not for, sh- for, for using, that's just for show, right? And I'm thinking, well, somebody please give me the rules in this world, please, somebody. Uh, you know, soap that's not to be used, that's just, uh, you know, everything. But here's the thing. We live in a world that far too many people, in fact, far, far, far too many Christians have a comforter that is just for show, right? Because we live in a world that'll beat the mess out of us, don't we? We, have a, we live in a world that will break our hearts. If, and, and I don't have to say what breaks our heart. If you've ever lost a loved one, you know what it feels like to have a, a broken heart. If you've ever lost a pet that you really loved, you know what it feels like to, to have a broken heart. If you've ever lost your job, if you've ever watched a dream crushed, if you've ever been abused or misused, if you've ever been rejected, I could go on and on and on. Every person in this room knows what it feels like to have their, their heart broken. So what do we do about it? And God gives these two promises that are just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful in Scripture, both in Psalms, and here, they, and here they are. It says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and He saves those who are crushed in spirit. And Psalm 147, He heals the brokenhearted, and He binds up their wounds. So how in the world does God heal the brokenhearted? How does He do that? May I suggest that he does it primarily through the Holy Spirit, either through himself ministering to us or using other people to minister to us as well. But it's the Holy Spirit that usually does that. And in my, in my book, I told a story about one time when uh, my mom had cancer from the time I was in second grade. And, and every time I, I left for something, I didn't know whether I'd see my mom again. And, and I remember going to college one time and I got the phone call that I had dreaded. Uh, and my dad saying, uh, son, he said, my, you're... Your mom's not going to make it through the night, and you need, I put you on the first flight home. And I remember going to the, the mirror right there and looking in the mirror, and I remember a tear coming down my face, and I looked and I said, God, I can't handle this. Please help me. And I remember just this, this I can't, I don't know how to describe it, this peace, this comfort, this strength that was not from me, I guarantee you it was not from me. And did I still hurt? Absolutely. Did I still cry? Absolutely. Was my heart still broken? Absolutely. But did I feel comfort in this somehow? Did God minister to me in the midst of this and give me peace when I shouldn't have peace and comfort when I shouldn't have comfort? Absolutely. And here's one other person in our church who encountered that same thing. My name is Angie Prevett, and um, I came to work here at Crossroads about two years ago. And... uh, it came at the best time, and my husband was so excited because we worked it out, and we were at that really great place in our life where our daughter was a senior in high school and looking forward to college, and um, we were looking forward to what the future was going to be like for us, and, you know, we were 23 years married and just, you know, got through all that crazy stuff you do, and you get when you're dealing with marriage and all that and we were just at that really great spot that really great place in your marriage where you're just everything's in sync so I came to work here about a week and uh, 
Sunday. Um, we were so excited. And so Bella and I went to go get some lunch after church, and uh, Joel hadn't been feeling good. Um, but he was a type A personality, and so I thought, well, you know, he even thought, I'm just getting older, and, you know, I can't handle things like I used to, and so now I need to maybe look at getting in to getting some help for that. So he was just, you know, I thought maybe it was anxiety or something like that, and so we left and went to go get our food, and my mom was there with him, and uh, we came back. It was maybe 30 minutes. When we pulled into the driveway, my mom was coming across the yard from the neighbor's house, and I just got this something in my gut. I don't know how to explain it, but it's just when you know something doesn't seem quite right. And so I got out of the car. I said, Mom, are you okay? And she said, you need to go check on Joel. And I said, what's the matter? And she said, just go check on it. It was her voice, and she was in shock. And I realize that now, but at the time, I just knew something wasn't right. So we ran in, and... And there he was when I got to him, and I realized I had no pulse, I had no respiration. Um, he was in a bad place, and Bella and I both just started screaming. And I started CPR. I was talking to my mom, trying to tell her what to tell the people at 911, the dispatcher, and we got him back. We got to the hospital. just really bad situation and I knew that God would be the only one but I had no, I had no doubt that he would survive I was just sure it was just a really bad bump in the road and when he would survive he would survive so he stayed on life support for three days and uh, then March, everything just started crashing, and doctors were telling me, you know, you need to help us make a decision, because if you want us to revive him, we will, and uh, I was beginning to panic, because I was like, y'all don't understand, you know, I serve a a masterful, mighty God, I mean, he's going to save my husband, and we're going to have this miracle, and we're going to go around and tell everybody about this, and that was the plan. What I said, I said, this is the plan. But he, I didn't have to make that decision because um, just like that, it was over. I just couldn't believe it. And I was like, oh, what do I do with this? But in the days and weeks following, I came back to work, and this is when I started really seeing and realizing just how God is surrounding us and covering us and just all the friends and he's just, God has been there from the, in every aspect of this, he's been there. He, he's, it's almost like he's just tangible. Like at any given second, I was going to, I was just expected to see Christ in my house, like physically in my home. He just made sure that we have everything we needed. No matter what we go through, God sends his uh, comforter. He also sends a counselor. 
Uh, and we know that a counselor is somebody who gives advice when you, when you need advice. And every, probably, every person in this room, you've, you've had people give you good advice that's made a difference in your life. And you've probably had people who, who, who gave advice and they meant well, but it turns out they didn't know any more about the situation than you did. And it turned out to be bad advice. But the thing is, you think about that too, is, is God's Holy Spirit. He, uh, he knows everything about everything. He always gives perfect, completely, totally insightful advice because he knows everything about everything. You know, it's like, it reminds me of the story about the guy who's walking down the beach and he finds, the, finds a, a, a bottle and he, and he opens up the bottle and there comes a, a genie out. And the genie says, you have one wish. You can have any wish you want. And the man thought for a second. He said, you know what? I've always wanted to go to Hawaii. I hear it's beautiful. And he said, so, but I'm, a, I'm afraid to fly and I'm, a, and I'm afraid to get on a boat. So I would like you to, to make a highway to Hawaii so I can drive to Hawaii. And the, the genie said, oh, man, do you know how difficult that is? That's not like almost impossible. That's crazy. Is there anything else that you'd, you'd like? And he said, well, I would like to understand women. And he said, do you want that highway two lanes or four lanes? <laughs> God knows everything about ladies. God knows everything about men. God knows everything about relationship. God knows everything about raising kids. God knows everything about the economy. The Holy Spirit knows everything about everything. And I want you to, th- you know, my, my mentor was one time telling me that he was, uh, he was outside and he was working on his plumbing. It was outside plumbing and he worked all day and he said he was so frustrated. He was ready to throw things. He was absolutely beside himself. And finally, he just, he just looked at, he said, he just talked to God and said, Holy Spirit, you know everything about everything. Do you know anything about plumbing? And he said, all of a sudden, this this knowledge, this thought came in, and he had this idea, and and it finally worked. And I thought, you know what? I mean, if he really knows everything about everything, he knows everything about everything that he can help us with, and he can counsel us about about anything. And I want you to imagine this. I want you to imagine that you had a friend that had a time machine, or maybe a DeLorean with a flux capacitor, or whatever it is, that that they can go to the the future. And you had this big decision to make, and and they were willing to go to the future and, and then come back and offer for you advice. Do you think you'd take that advice? Well, we have a God who is already in the future. He's, he, the time is no, is no element to him. He's in the past. He's in the present. He's in the future. And so not only does he know the future, he knows your future. And not only does he know your future, he knows exactly what decisions you should make for your best future. I want you to think about this. The God who knows everything about everything, who knows the future and your future, is the God and the best decisions you could possibly make is willing to counsel us about life. Do you think maybe it would be smart to take his advice in that? Another thing is not only is he a a comforter, not only is he a a counselor, he's also the the advocate. And an advocate is somebody who pleads for for a case or speaks in favor of someone or something else. And Job says this, he says, even now my witness is in heaven. My advocate is on the high. My intercessor is my friend. My eyes pour out tears uh, to God on behalf of a man. He pleads with God as a man pleads with, uh, for his, his friend. And the Bible makes it clear that Jesus is that advocate. He says in Romans, who is he that condemns? Jesus Christ who died, more than that who was released to, raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. I want you to think about that. The Son of God is now in heaven interceding for you, interceding, praying for you. And, and, and what, a, what an incredible incredible thought. And 1 John 2, 1 says this, but if anybody does sin, we have the one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. And Satan comes to accuse us day after day after day after day. And Jesus is the, 
is the one who vindicates us. He's the one that when we're innocent, he goes, Father, what he's saying is a complete lie. But even when we're guilty of exactly what Satan is saying, Jesus comes and says, Father, you know what? He's right. What Satan is saying, he's, he's right about, about my son or about my daughter. But here's the thing. Um, my blood paid for them. The penalty has already been paid. And this person asked for forgiveness. And the father slams down the gavel and says, case dismissed. He's our advocate no matter what we're going through. He's also the, the helper. And you know what? Uh, and, and I thought I could, go, I could do a series on just how God helps us and the Holy Spirit helps us. Here's maybe just, just some thoughts. First of all, he tells us what to say. Have you ever been in those times where you just didn't know what to say and maybe a friend was hurting, maybe your child was going a little haywire or something or, or maybe a friend just needed comforting and, and suddenly you just had the words. I don't know where they came from. They just came out and, you, and the person goes, man, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Well, where do you think those came from? Maybe it was the Holy Spirit speaking, using your voice to make a difference, to bless, to encourage, to bring peace to a situation, to bring insight in the office, whatever it is. But maybe he tells us also what not to say, too. Because how many times have you been there and, and, and maybe something you wanted to say, some, oh, you wanted to say something, and God just said, zip it, right? God just said, hold it. I know you want to say something. Don't, don't say it. And think about like, let's do in a practical way of that. Maybe say uh, your, your wife comes home and, and, or maybe she's been at home all day with the, the kids and she's just had a rough day. She's had a rough day. And she says something a little snippy to you. Now, what's the natural thing that you want to do? You want to say something snippy right back, right? But what if the Holy Spirit's been working in your heart and instead of saying something snippy that you hold, your, I mean, he's saying, zip it, don't say a thing, Sparky, keep Keep it, keep it, keep it up. This is what you're doing. This is what you need to do right now, right? And so, so you do that. And not only do you do that, but then all of a sudden you hear something in your heart saying, give her a break. Go take care of the kids for a little while. Go take her out for, for dinner. And, and suddenly, suddenly what ha- what's happened? The night that could have been, what could it have been if you did this, just like she was doing that? I mean, it could have been a fight, right? But instead, now there's some, there's some love, there's, some, there's peace in the home, there's just something. All because you listen to the Holy Spirit and, and that, that God that said that, you know, that part of the, the gifts of the Spirit or the fruit of the Spirit is love. And suddenly you're loving when you wanted to be snippy, just like that was coming at you. And let's go the other way. Say your, your husband's had a, a, a rough day and he comes home and he is not Prince Charming, okay? He's a whole lot more like the beast before he became, you know. And, and so, so he's saying these words too or saying something. And again, you want to say something back. You want to be just as uncharming as he's, as he's uncharming. But instead, God's saying, don't say anything. Hold your tongue, sheath that tongue. And instead, you're feeling this thing inside of you saying, go, go treat him like a man. And you're going, I don't feel like doing that. You know that's not from you because that's something inside of you because he's being uncharming. You don't want to be with uncharming. But all of a sudden, you do what the Holy Spirit says because the Bible's saying, you know, that you're hearing, you're hearing these words when you're remembering something that comes in Proverbs 17, 14. All of a sudden, you've been studying Scripture. And one thing the Holy Spirit does, he brings back Scripture that you've put in there and brings it back at the perfect time. And you remember, starting a, squ- a quarrel is like breaching a dam. So drop the matter before the dispute breaks out. 
And so you know what you do? You don't say anything. And you do exactly what the Holy Spirit says. And again, instead of a fight that night, what you have is you have some incredible intimacy and, and, and romance and love between you. Or how about you're a youth and all of a sudden that your parents are telling you something to do something you don't want to do or telling you not to do something you want to do and you think they're doofuses and you think everything, you can't figure out why they're back in time and everything like this. And you want to, you want to lash out like you normally do and the, the Holy Spirit's saying, don't say anything. You know what? I've given you self-control and the Holy Spirit's working inside of you and now suddenly you remember the words honor your father and mother and you start doing that and, and suddenly again there's, there's strength in your relationship your, your relationship with your parents is just strengthened instead of being torn apart do you see how this can uh, how, how God's spirit can help us just in incredibly incredibly practical ways or how about this he can also help us pray have you ever been at a time where you just, you just didn't know how to pray for a situation? I mean, maybe it was a loved one who was dying. Maybe it was something. I don't know what the situation. But you're just going, I don't even know how to pray in this situation. And God says this in Romans 8, 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know how we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Did you get that? On our own, we, are, we would stink at praying. We don't even know how to pray, what to pray, how long to pray, anything to pray. But the Holy Spirit inside of us, God inside of us knows exactly how to pray. He knows exactly what to pray for. He knows the best way to pray. And so again, he can help us in our, in our prayers. He can help us with the big things. And I could talk about anything here, but one thing he can do is he can help develop our character. You know, the Bible says this, that he, that he gives the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I don't know about you, but I need all of those things in heaps. And I need to be better at every single one of those things. And I thank God that I don't have to manufacture any of those things. But it's God working inside of me. And suddenly I find myself being more peaceful than I was before. Not because I'm doing anything, but he's just working inside. And the more I'm falling in love with the Spirit, the more he's developing my character. Another thing is he can help us raise our children. Uh, you know, there's a, a saying that says, says this, that children don't come with an instruction book. But I think kind of they do. And I know one thing for sure is they come with an instructor. They come with a God who created them, who created them exactly the way he wants to create them with their temperament and their personality and everything. And he knows exactly how to bless them. He knows exactly how to raise them up. He knows exactly how to encourage them. He knows when it's time to discipline and when it's time to encourage. He knows everything about that. And maybe as a parent, we should go, God, man, the Holy Spirit, today, every day, help me to, to raise my children. Help me to love my children the way you want me to, to love my children. Or how about this one? He can help us with even the menial things of life. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, it's not usually the big stuff I deal with every single day. I deal with day-to-day, nitty-gritty, everything like that. Can he help us with that? How about this? Can he remind us of things? I think about times that I'm, uh, you know, and, and I don't have a chapter and verse for this one. And I can't prove to you this, but I can't tell you how many times like I've been ready to get in the car or something and something just told me you forgot something. And I just stop and go, Holy Spirit, what did I forget? And suddenly he'll bring something to mind. I'm going, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And sometimes it's a big thing that I would have been really messed up if I would have missed. And sometimes it's a very little thing, but it would have still been a, a frustration through the day if I had not had that. And can God even, if God can remind us of the things that Jesus said, can he remind us of everything that we need to know? Or how about this? Can he help us with uh, find stuff we've lost? Because think about, think about that, that, uh, that, that if he knows everything about everything, 
Could he possibly know where everything is? And I can't tell you how many times I've go, God, I don't know where this is. I don't know where I put my keys. I don't know where I put my wallet. And suddenly, all of a sudden, will you please show me that? And suddenly, he'll bring things back that I've lost even years, years ago. I think you, I'm crazy enough to believe that the Holy Spirit can even help us in those little things of, uh, of, uh, of life. And I don't know how many people I know that are convinced. I was talking to somebody. We were talking to somebody just yesterday that was convinced that the Holy Spirit taught, you know, was telling them, led them to exactly the, the, the college they were supposed to, or exactly the, to, to uh, bringing them together in a relationship. And God can bring you, God can help us to find anything that we're the, the person that we're supposed to marry, the school that, that we're supposed to go to, the business we're supposed to be in, with the house that we're supposed to live in, whatever it is. If he knows everything about everything, then he knows everything about everything. And he can help us even find the lost things of, of life or the things we need to see. He can also inspire us and make us more creative. You know, there's this incredible passage in the book of Exodus where God fills somebody with the Holy Spirit. His name is Bazalel. And, and here, watch how he filled him. He filled him for this purpose so he could be more creative, so he could be creative and do these amazing creative things. Here's what it says in Exodus 31. See, I've chosen Bazalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, from the tribe of Judah, and I've filled him with the Spirit of God with skill, ability, and a knowledge in all kinds of crafts to make artistic design for, for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of craftsmanship. If the Spirit can do that for Basilel, do you think the Holy Spirit can make us more creative at school? Do you think he can make us more creative in our job? Do you think he can make us more creative in, in ways we raise money? Can he make us more creative in, in, our, in our home? I, I think maybe he can. And 2 Peter one twenty one says that, uh, that every word in the Bible was inspired by the Holy Spirit. So if he can inspire them, can he inspire us? Because I don't know about you, but I'll I tell you, uh, I, I will pray every time before I, I write a sermon. I pray, God, please inspire me. Holy Spirit, please come in, inspire me in this. And I'll tell you, on Wednesday, I woke up with this thing on my heart that I knew I was supposed to preach. That's, that's a, a few, few weeks from now. I knew that I knew that I knew. And I got to a computer, and I, I got up to use the restroom one time. Seven hours. Man, it was like a download. I mean, it, and not, that doesn't happen all the time. But there's other times that God gives me this, uh, an illustration, or God gives me a scripture, or God gives me a testimony that I remember and, and something like that. And, and, and there's just, and I'll, t- I'll tell you this, if I, if I felt like I was coming up here and speaking on my own, if I did not feel inspired even when I get, get up here, I wouldn't, I wouldn't stand up here. But the fact that, because I'm not just into giving speeches, but I am give to, into to things when I believe God is, is, has a word that I want to, that I believe he wants to preach even through this, this fallible human, human being. That inspires me because I believe there's times I love to write messages because I feel the presence of God in a big way. I love that and I love that, that presence. What is it in your world? How can God inspire you to do whatever you were called to, uh, to do? And finally, finally this, he can help us in our, our weaknesses. And that's Romans, straight out of Romans 8.26. And the Bible says the, the Spirit helps us in our, our weakness. And I remember in, uh, in 1992, the, the Barcelona Olympic Games. And there was a 26-year-old Brit who was supposed to win the 400. His name was Derek Redman. He was heavily, heavily favored in the 400. And I remember in one of the preliminary heats, he's running around the back, and all of a sudden he pulls up, grabs, grabs his, he's torn his hamstring. And I remember him collapsing on the ground. I'm watching this thing. It's one of the most memorable things I've ever remembered in, in sports. And I remember he, he gets up, and in, in one of the most courageous things I've ever seen, he starts hobbling towards the finish line.
line. And then he starts hopping towards the finish line. And then this man, he breaks through the crowd. And I still remember what he, the t-shirt he's wearing. It says, have you hugged your kid today? And he goes over and, he, and, and, and the, 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 the people allow him to go there because they, he's told them who he is. And he's, he's Jim Redman. He's Derek Redman's uh, dad. And he goes down and he picks his son up and his son just, in the moment, it, just, it was overwhelming to him and he just sobs on his dad's shoulder. And his dad looks at him and he said, son, you don't have to do this. You don't have to finish. And he said, yes, I do. And then he said, then we're going to finish together. And one of the most incredible things I ever saw is watching Jim Redman holding his son, Derek Redman, as they crossed the finish line to a standing ovation. Now, let's just be honest with things. There's sometimes, man, we run through life, right? Man, the winds at our back, everything's downhill, everything is fantastic, and we can run. Life is great. And then there's other times we jog. It's okay. And, but then there's other times we're, we're barely walking because the wind's against us, and it's uphill, and it's, it's a struggle. But there's also times we limp through life because we're broken. And for all those times, when the wind's in our back, who's, who's the one blowing the wind? When the ones, when, when we're walking, we just feel like we just don't even know if we can put one foot in front of the other. Who's the one encouraging us on? And when we are limping through life and don't think we can take another step, who comes beside us and carries us and says, we're going to make it to the finish line together. If we can bow our head and close our eyes. Where do you need the comforter right now in your life? Where do you need comfort? Where's the, where's the brokenness? As he comes to, to comfort our brokenness, he's near the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Where do you need counsel? Where do you need to know what, what to do? What are the decisions you're making even this week? What are the big decisions of life? What are the small decisions? And can I make, ask the God that can even, I think, know everything about plumbing and can help us, help us there. Where do you need the advocate? Maybe there's somebody here that may need vindication. And I don't know if the word Hoosier means something to somebody. I don't know what that is, but just where do you need vindication? And maybe even where you're guilty is sin. But you come and say, God, I need your forgiveness. And he's our advocate there as, as well. Where do you need help? Where do you need help in what to say and what not to say? Where do you need help in what to do and what not to do? He can even help us pray. He can help us develop our character and raise our kids and anything else with the little menial things of life. And the other thing he can do, he can inspire and he create, can, and can, can, can bring creation. If he created the world, he can certainly make us more creative as, as well. And here's the big thing that I have. And if everybody would, if the, the, the people on the prayer team could come up front. Where are you broken right now? Where do you or somebody just, just in your weakness and your, you need help, you need, you need encouragement, you need advice from the Holy Spirit, you need, you need God to counsel you, you need God to bind you up and maybe you're walking right now and it's, the wind is against you, the wind's in your face, it's uphill. Or maybe you're just, you just feel like you came in here today just limping in or maybe you're listening online and you don't even know if you can make it another day. There's the Holy Spirit that right now comes underneath you and undergirds you and said, you are going to make it to the finish line. You're going to make it. And there's somebody that needs to hear that right now because it feels like you're just ready to give up and you don't even know if you can live another day. And God says, not only are you going to live another day, but you're going to be victorious 
by the time you hit that finish line. So wherever we need the Holy Spirit, God's here. So God, we pray that you, you fill us, that you teach us, that you guide us, that you counsel us, that you comfort us, Lord God, that you inspire us, that you do all these things. We invite you into our life. We invite you into our church, Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, amen. 